I am Zarina Dimitrova, a strategic partner and mentor to businesses in the process of transformation. Join me on Grow and Learn as we explore a range of topics from personal development and career advancement to relationship building and financial management. With practical advice, inspiring stories and expert interviews, we'll give you the tools you need to thrive in every aspect of your life. Join us as we share insights and strategies that can help you achieve your personal and professional growth objectives. Our guest today is Gina Riley career transition coach and creator of the Career Velocity System. She helps people in executive search consulting, career transition coaching, and interviewing skills. Enjoy. Welcome to the Grow and Learn podcast, everyone. Happy that you're here. Today we have a, an exciting interview with a topic that you're probably not expecting from uh, Grow and Learn, or maybe you are because we're bringing all kinds of people, but this is really going to upscale your level. We're going to be talking about executive presence with Gina Riley, who's a coach in career transition, especially for executives, for people who are aiming at these positions. So we're going to be taking a different view of um, leadership, not simply psychological in terms of action, in terms of skills, but also in terms of your presence. So welcome, Gina. Happy to have you. I'm excited to be here. I love this topic. (laughs) yeah not a lot of people talk about this and if they do it's not really promoted um, in the professional sphere a lot it kind of goes under the carpet the way you need to present yourself the way you need to speak the way you need to dress your intonation things like that am I coming close to the topics you cover absolutely um I I do think that people throw around the term executive presence but they and they may think they have an idea of what it is, but what we'll do today is we're going to go down a little bit deeper into like the three main dimensions of executive presence and then all of the different subtopics so that people can kind of build awareness about how they can improve their executive presence. Awesome. Tell us how you got into this. <clears throat> how, how did you um, see results? How did you learn it? Tell us your story. Yeah, well, you know, I definitely have my own experiences trying to bolster my executive presence, but my favorite story is something that um, happened when I was about 21 years old. I was in college and I was doing an internship related to my degree, which was communication, the study of how we communicate with each other. Um, And in the internship, I was taken on site by a leadership coach who had created his own communication training program. So we went on site to a big company, Motorola, and we had a room full of early career engineers who were learning how to communicate and relate better to each other. And this one stunning thing happened when I was assisting this leadership coach in the room. There was a young woman who raised her hand and with a very high-pitched voice, much like Minnie Mouse, said something to the effect of, I don't understand why I can't get the respect from my peers when I talk with them and communicate with them. I can't get their attention. Nobody listens to me. I don't feel seen and heard. And the leadership coach, who was very mature and experienced, called it out. In front of everyone, she asked the question and said, your voice is getting in your way. To hear this raw, open, and truthful feedback was very confronting. And I heard it as a 21-year-old who 
speaks rapidly, you know, and would communicate quickly. I started thinking, hmm, how am I coming across when I communicate to people? When I'm excited, my voice does go up. And from that moment forward, I put focus on bringing the tone and pitch of my voice down. And then the other other thing that I learned to do was to speak less rapidly because part of executive presence is the ability to capture people's attention and to come across as an authority as like, you know what you're talking about. And in order to do that, you cannot speak too rapidly. You need to pause and have emphasis so that people can come along with you and hear you. So that's my story that really is a nice jumpstart into the three different aspects of executive presence. Very interesting because I had a conversation not long ago with uh, somebody um, at the moment, I cannot recall her name, but she wrote a book on uh, women in business, Mm -hmm. Uh, something similar to Lean In, but the European version of it. And in this book was a study that, um, and the story of Margaret Thatcher that was taking uh, speech lessons, vocal lessons, so that she reduced her timbre, the tone of voice, um, because uh, apparently that's why male voices are preferred. Yeah. I could see where that would be the case and like how that would have taken a lot of concerted effort and work, you know, in order to change, you know, how you're communicating it. It's it's a very big deal for women in particular. Yeah. So you do career transitioning, coaching, and uh, um, you have something like, uh, I read 83% success rate of people being able to transition within six months. So your coaching is long-term, up to one year, you mentioned. And so That's within right. these six months, let's say, for, for this small case study, what do you do to help people apart from training them on their voice? What yeah. do you give them? Yeah, yeah, voice is just one teeny tiny piece, right. micro piece. So I created a model called Career Velocity. It's nine steps within a framework that I developed. The first thing that I'm doing with people is helping people uncover their unique talents. I use a career profile assessment called the UMAP, where I'm helping them develop storytelling around what is their unique value proposition based on what they value. the skills that motivate them and their personality. So we're building up um, a synthesis and a summary about them. The second thing I'm doing with people is I'm learning about their leadership approach and building a synthesis and a narrative so they can explain how they show up as a leader, leading people and teams. I use the adaptive leadership model for that because it's a nice economical model with six principles. So there's lots of models. That's the one I chose to use. Then I'm helping people um, tease out their entire career story. As you know, when we're dealing with professionals with over 20 years experience, sometimes 30, there's a lot to unpack. What happens when you get in an interview situation? The first question you're often asked is, tell me about yourself. Well, if you're trying to capture 30 years and explain your unique value proposition, you need to do that in three to five minutes. And you can't go into the weeds about where you were born, you know, and where you got your college degree. You need to be able to take all those things that I'm talking about, 
all that synthesis work and be able to articulate what you can do now, the results you know how to deliver, what your key skill sets are so that you can start a great conversation. I also help people with resume development, LinkedIn development, interview prep, job search strategy, and a thought leadership strategy. Okay. So, so what is your typical client? Is it uh, somebody who's aiming to towards the C-suite or, or is it an entry person, entry position person? Yeah, mid-career up through the C-suite. Um, I have a few mid-career professionals that are kind of in their, what I would gather to be about their 40s, you know, director levels. Um, but many are like chief marketing officers, chief technology officers, CFO, CEOs, um, and so on. And they're trying to find that needle in a haystack because, you know, as, as you grow through your career, there's less opportunities at the top of the triangle. And so it takes longer. And that's why most of the people I work with, um, you know, I work with them up to a year because many are actually transitioning at that eight month mark, eight to nine. It takes a while. Mm -hmm. And would you say that they're mostly transitioning inside the same company that they're working with? Are they transitioning to their own business, to another uh, company in a different, another position in a different company? What is their transition goal? Yeah, super question. I have, funny enough, had at least three people um, in this past year hire me to move up. They've hired me to help them get confidence and position themselves to move up. Um, Some, when, when they want to move up and they can't, and they find a barrier, when they're working with me, now they're ready to move out. There was one woman who hired me who wanted to move from VP into a GM role. And then the company laid off 600 people, 12 of whom were her as a VP, the VP level. So we'd already been working together for three months. So she was able to immediately start job search strategy. Um, most people are looking to, or have, I would say the other balance is people have been laid off and now they're you know, really struggling or they have a job and they just want a position to leave and, and do better in their careers. So it kind of takes, it's, it's all these different types of career scenarios. Um, one that's fun though, and really interesting is I've uh, created a lesson from my clients called write and pitch your own job description. And so these people that are trying to pitch to move up or pitch to move into a role that hasn't been created outside of the company, I'm helping them develop that pitch and what that job description could look like. Mm -hmm. So I suppose that um, getting the story straight, your story straight of your background and where you Mm want to go is helping towards this um, air that you want to create about yourself. But what are the other elements that, that you're helping people with? Oh, goodness. Um, well, definitely, like you were saying. Or, or maybe walk us, walk us through the, the steps you would take a regular client of yours. Let's say it's a six-month process. Just what are some of the steps that you take to help? Sure, them? sure. Um, week one, again, we're, we're um, doing a debrief on this UMAP. And, and what I do is I spend five hours writing a synthesis so that in their own words, it's a first-person narrative, they now have a document that completely captures who they are, what they value, what motivates them, and, and, and so on. The second week, again, they get, they get another five-hour synthesis in a first-person narrative about their leadership approach. 
Now, where it gets really fun is when they get that narrative back on their career story, the fourth week, we are then converging into a very streamlined, tell me about yourself. That is really, really difficult, challenging work that we're collaborating on so that by the time they have to answer that question, they don't have to think about it. That's the key, right? After that, um, I, I actually partner with three different resume writing companies right now, and I have a professional resume writer that's writing their resume, which is often a 20-hour project for at the senior levels. It's a big deal. I'm working on the LinkedIn profile, completely overhauling it. So at this point, we're about six to seven weeks in, and then we start job search strategy. So I have many lessons on job search strategy, how to network effectively. Um, and then my favorite interview prep, we do that as well. So all that's happening in about, you know, eight weeks time. And then they're really ready to use the job search strategy and then use me as that coach and guide to navigate all of the different steps along the way. I would also like to hear about the job search strategy, you know, to the extent that you're willing to share, of course. We sure. don't want you to spill out all your secrets, but some nuggets would be useful. Happy <laughs> to before share. That, is there anything in particular that you would say to a person, you know, you're not looking appropriate for this job. This is what you need to do or the posture or any external thing regarding their image or their behavior. Are you also consulting them in this you know, I am. And one of the hardest things to tell people actually is like the thing about the voice. That's one thing. But instead of saying to someone like when we're having a coaching conversation and you find this probably as well, we're not always showing up with our business attire on or, you know, we're not coming for that. So instead of me saying, gosh, you don't show up real well on video, I'll say, let's talk about what you're going to wear, what, how you're going to present yourself. What is your lighting? I have, um, I have a head of sales, a head of global sales I'm working with right now. He went off and bought new lights and completely set up a new backdrop. And we sat for like 20 minutes and he ran through it so he could see where he, he looked the best because he didn't, he didn't have to care before. He's just on with his team. So, you know, there's those things and it makes a difference, but it's not, th those are things that you do like kind of right before an interview scenario. I'm working with another woman whose voice is higher and she gets a little bit nervous and then it goes even higher. So what we're doing is we're working together for her, like telling me her narrative more and more. So it becomes natural and then she can calm down and bring her voice level down. How long does it take for somebody to change? these natural expressions? <laughs> um, that's hard for me to quantify. Um, but I think for all of us human beings, when we're used to behaving one way and we're further along in our careers, it takes mental effort to think it through. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so okay, give us some nuggets. What do, what do people do when they need to find the job? How do they approach yeah. the job search? Yeah. Well, the first thing that I tell people to, to do is you got to start with yourself. You absolutely need to know what you stand for. You absolutely need to know what your target is, because when you have informational conversations, people will not know how to help you. So you can't arrive on people's doorsteps for an informational and not have some clear idea about where you've been. 
be able to articulate it clearly and then be ready with questions, you know, if it's an informational conversation. You need to be preparing for interviews. And the best way to have been prepared for interviews is that you also have that resume in concert with that that represents your key results. But I think what you're kind of alluding to is that job search strategy. So there's these two pieces. One is with interview prep, there's many methods to planning and preparing for interviews. I use the SOAR methodology, which is breaking down all of your stories into explaining what was the situation, what were the obstacles you were overcoming, what were the actions you took, what actions did your team take, because a lot of people are humble and they don't want to say they did it all, which I appreciate. And then what results did you get? There's other models. This is the one I use and the one I train in corporate. I'm also an interview skills trainer. I train people how to craft effective questions and assess skills. I use that, that skill with my coaching clients as well. So you want to prepare your stories in alignment with each of those job descriptions. Once you have like five to 10 stories, you're good. That can be flexible for any interview. Job search strategy. Here's my tip. Here's my secret. Buy the two-hour job search by Steve Dalton. That's what I use with my coaching clients. Steve um, just retired from Duke University. He was a career services advisor. He advised MBA students. He's on a second edition of the book, so don't buy the first edition, buy the second edition. And he breaks down the job search into recipes and formulas for success. What do most people do when they're confronted with a job search? They brush up their resume and they start spraying it out. We call that spray and pray. They apply, apply, apply. They never follow up. They don't customize what they're doing. And then they tell everyone they're working so hard at applying, but they're not actually taking control of what they can, which is reaching out to people, trying to get informational conversations, trying to get referred into a process so you can get in front of a decision maker. So I just spent the last couple of weekends fully breaking down Steve Dalton's book and created four videos for my, my private coaching clients on my, on my uh, learning management system. And what they can do is use the book, go through that and literally use his formulas to build target lists, evaluate which ones they want to spend their time on first and then formulas on how to reach out to people. That's my secret. <laughs> very, very interesting. I've also uh, been through a career coaching uh, interview during my MBA. And I remember when I was looking for a job back then that um, they were advising us, I don't know, a very high percentage of all the MBA students find jobs through their existing network. So this is how mm -hmm. I found my first job post-MBA as well. And I have actually never in my life found a job without a reference. You know, I was always referred by somebody. And exactly. I, I mean, I've heard the opposite stories, though. People finding jobs only with their own effort and applying through the regular channels, LinkedIn, whatever. There are such stories as well. But for me personally, it's never worked. I've always been referred by somebody. So I guess it depends what kind of job of a job you're targeting to get and what level um, you find yourself in at your career at the moment so absolutely I agree yeah, yeah. so to tell us uh, something more some success stories maybe 
What oh gosh. Yeah, I'm sure you have a lot to add. <laughs> yes, um, yeah, about I mean, it. I'm sure something that stands out. Yeah, most people do do have success that I'm working with, but I will say it's not 100%. And I don't think I would be very credible if I said that every single person did what they set out to do. Um, I have some people who are in a job, and so then they they hold back on how hard they're they're trying, how hard they're using the job search skill strategies. And, you know, that's okay. That's where they are. And plus we had a pandemic. So some people are like, you know, we're trying to exist as a leader, holding down a job. Most of these people are mature people with families, and then they're trying to do a job search. So, you know, I kind of step back and say, well, there's a bigger picture. It's not that they just weren't successful. I think that's an unfair view. Um, you know, most of the people that I work with who don't have a job and are actively working at it, they do land. It can take up to a year. You know, the sweet spot is like eight months, really, um, at the senior levels. My favorite stories right now are the ones that did the write your own job descriptions and that got job offers from it. I had one mid-career professional who hired me to move out because she was feeling stagnated wasn't growing, wanted something different. Well, while we were working together, the organization went through a reorg and they were adding a layer of managers where she may have an opportunity to move up and now be a manager of managers, thereby growing her career, busting down silos across the organization and being more cross-functional where she would have more visibility. Well, we used the write your own job description lesson. She pitched it. She won that next level job. And so she had a successful career transition. At the same time, I had another mid-career professional positioning for an operations leadership role at a startup that was growing, that just got funding. Well, they needed a new operations leader, kind of like him. He pitched to the executive team his own job description. They made him an offer. He went on site and took a look at the company and he decided against it. I see that as a big win, though, that he wrote and attracted them to make an offer. So those are two of my favorite stories. I've also helped other people move up, um, a couple of people, actually, um, into the senior most roles in their companies. And those are big wins as well. Um, some of the hardest transitions, though, if you want to know, are those that are ch changing um, careers like from corporate into nonprofit or vice versa. I've been in nonprofit my whole career and now I want to go in, you know, into corporate or a private company. Those are really challenging. Yeah. So so let's talk briefly about the contemporary situation. Banks are failing. There's a smell of death in the economy. <laughs> um what is the right question to ask? <laughs> I don't know. That was a good well, preamp, well, though. Yes, yes, <laughs> indeed. But we have to think about it because people are already scared. So what, what, is the, what would be the right approach for somebody who feels threatened in their position and is already seeing where things are going? What is the right approach for them to do right now? Uh, yeah. Um, one get clear on your target and the value you deliver both. You need to get centered on what you know how to do and you're gonna to have to be able to speak to it if you have to go on a job search. If you start networking immediately, you may burn out your connections with a lot of extra blah, blah, blah talking and not getting the kind of results you need. 
People cannot help you unless you're clear about where you're heading. And you need to do that with a clear head and without a lot of emotion. So I have a lot of suggestions. One is you've got to take care of yourself and deal with the emotions of career transition. You know, just dealing with the transition. You need to understand who you are, what you stand for, what you can deliver on. Then you need to start having informational conversations with people. You may need to have a new resume at that point because you may have helpful people advocates who will say, if you give me your resume, I can pass it on for you. So there's a lot of work to be done. Um, I would caution people not just, just to start with networking until you're clear on that early stuff. That was brilliant advice. Thank you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, and just for transition management, I recommend William Bridges transition management books. They are not big reads. They're very easy. And it's all about that psychological um, process that's happening when people go through change and transition. So some of the people listening in are leaders and they've had to guide other people through organizational changes. Maybe people have been laid off and you're still dealing with the people that are there and everyone's experiencing change. Well, there's things that you do that are similar to other losses, like you have a death in the family. There's, you know, there's grief, there's this transitionary time frame that you have to go through to deal with it. And then you, when you're ready, you come up into a new beginning and you start heading in that direction. If you're approaching people when you're in the trough of grief and anger, um, you're not going to be putting your best foot forward. Are you also coaching people in terms of their psychological attitudes and mindset? Yes, I would say by the time people actually hire me, they are coming into the excitement phase. They've, mm -hmm. I mean, it's a big investment and I'm with these people for up to a year. So they're entering the engagement to get the coaching, but they're getting me. And the way that I'm speaking with you here today is exactly how I am with all of my clients. This is just how I speak. So there's a lot of energy that they're getting, you know, and they'll go through some down times and I'll say, this is okay. It is not about you. What just happened. You've got to dust yourself off and reorient and keep going, you know, so the, you know, it's a little bit of cheerleading. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it's needed. It's a cheerleading is always needed. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed this conversation, Gina. Is there anything else that you would have liked me to ask you that you want to add? Oh, gosh, no, I, we covered a lot. Is there anything that you think we missed? Well, people would like to know how to find you. <laughs> okay, that's super <laughs> easy. It's just GinaRileyConsulting.com. I have a free resource at the top of the page. There's a green button. And if people want to start making their own career transition plan, they can download a workbook. It comes with a video, a two-part video series, and they can actually start laying out the groundwork for what they need to create a, a successful career transition. Perfect. I will put the link below. Could you repeat it once again, please? Sure. Um, the URL is just... G-I-N-A-R-I-L-E-Y consulting.com. Perfect. Thank you so much. Enlightening conversation. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to Grow and Learn. We hope that you found our podcast informative, engaging, and inspiring. 
Our mission is to help you keep growing and learning, and we hope that our conversations and insights have provided you with practical advice and useful perspectives. If you're looking for personalized support and guidance to help you achieve your personal or professional growth objectives, I offer a range of services to help. As a trusted management partner and mentor, I work with businesses in the process of transformation, looking for new streams of business, as well as M&A. With an extensive professional network of experts and mentors, I can bring on board the right person or team based on the specific needs of the company I'm working with. To learn more about the services I offer and how I can help you achieve your goals, visit my website at growandlearn.org. You can also reach out to me via email or social media. I'd love to hear from you. And if you enjoyed this episode of Grow and Learn, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. Your feedback is important to us and it helps us to continue to create content that is relevant and valuable to our listeners. Thanks again for listening and we look forward to sharing more insights and perspectives with you in the future.